What's happening the weekend of February 23rd, 24th, and 25th around the Tri-State area and will feature several local youth hockey organizations over the course of these three days? It's the 2018 Buckeye Year-End Tournament. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, an adventure taking you through the terrain of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Pocket Cast, Acast, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Radio Public, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean. Pod Chaser, Overcast.fm, Beyond Pod, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, the LeeWMowen.com, and the host, GemCitySports.com. Music is provided by FreestockMusic.com. Now, please join your host for another exciting episode of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, Lee W. Mowen. It's episode 31 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, and we have a special guest for you talking about this huge hockey tournament coming up. You might remember him from episode number 18, Ice at the Metro. Please welcome back the proprietor of South Metro Sportsplex, Nick Poe. Nick, great to have you on again. Thanks for having us, Lee. Big hockey tournament coming up this weekend at South Metro Sportsplex and a couple other rinks. It is the Buckeye year-end tournament for the Buckeye Travel Hockey League. And Nick, you're not only the proprietor of SMS, but you're also one of the head figures of the Buckeye Travel Hockey League. Yes, I'm the head commissioner of the league. Ready to drop into the tournament to end the season, the Buckeye year-end tournament. In case you don't know, this is happening around the tri-state area. A couple rinks in Cincinnati. The only rink in Dayton having the tournament is here at South Metro and Columbus, Indiana. They'll have a rink for this tournament. Let's talk about this upcoming tournament, Nick. First up, who is all in this Buckeye Travel Hockey League? Well, we have 77 teams that will participate in the tournament. We'll play over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and crown 17, uh, 18 championships. 18 championships. That is a bunch. There's a lot of games to be played over the weekend. Do you know how many, to be precise? <laughs> I know there's about 36, 32, 36 here at South Metro Sports over the weekend. So there's 12 at Columbus, I believe, and 60 at Sports Plus. 60 at Sports Plus with their two rinks, so that's average of 30 on the U.S. and Canada rinks. Yep. And South Metro's got about 36, like I mentioned. All the games here at South Metro Sportsplex will be streamed live on YouTube at youtube.com slash South Metro Sports, and you can hear this voice call all 36 of those games. It's a very busy weekend for this broadcaster, I know. It's a very busy weekend here. Tell me, who all are involved in this tournament in terms of age groups that people can see on the ice? So we'll have 10, U12, 
and U14. Now, I know U14 is Bantam and Pee-wee and Squirts. Okay. That's a fairly good range of hockey. There's a lot of great local youth hockey organizations in the Tri-State. Right. Dayton Stealth being one of them, the local one, and the Cincinnati Swords being the local one down southwest Ohio. What are some of the other organizations that people can see? So we'll have a team from Finley, teams from Lexington, Louisville, Owensboro, Kentucky, Bloomington, Indiana, Indianapolis, Columbus, Ohio. I think that's about it. You mentioned Kentucky. You also mentioned Ohio right. and Indiana as well. The Indianapolis Racers, that's a historic franchise, and now you've hockey organization for quite some time. And then you'll have uh, the Junior Fuel and the Indy Chill, I think it is. So there's a bunch of organizations in the Buckeye Travel Hockey League. Who gets to play where? How is that determined? So who determines it? It's determined based on the amount of ice we have at each location and and how all the games fit in. This year will be our first year doing double elimination in quite a bit of the groups. We would have done all double elimination, but we didn't have enough ice to do that with. Now, there's some familiar names that also help run the Buckeye Travel Hockey League, such as Troy head coach Phil Null. He helps. Yeah. And then, oh, and then we have, so we'll, run, we'll do a little rundown. We have Athens. Okay. We have the Blades, which is Bloomington. We have Bowling Green. We have Miami. We have Columbus, Indiana. We have CCYHA in Cincinnati. And in Columbus, we have uh, Columbus Capitals. We have Fort Wayne. We have Dayton Stealth. We have Evansville. We have Finley, Indian Hill, the Fuel, Nashville, Puckhog, Sylvania, Northern Kentucky, Newark, West Virginia, and Troy. That's a very big scope of youth hockey around this area. I mentioned Troy, Ohio. Some of the familiar names on this organization I saw, I remember covering a couple of Pokupecs for Cincinnati Youth Hockey. Andy Pokupec helps run the BTHL along yeah. with Phil Nall, the head coach. What are some of the key jobs for the people that run the Buckeye Travel Hockey League? It's pretty much the same as most youth organizations. We have a president, which is Andy Pokebeck, and then we have a vice president, which is Rob Penowitz, I think. And and then we have Alan that does the website, and then I pretty much do everything else. But we all work together pretty well. Now, one thing that people need to realize, too, that for this upcoming tournament, with the amount of teams and games going and coming, that all of them are volunteers. Everybody's a volunteer. So each team, each home team will run the clock, clock and the scoring. Then the penalty boxes will be done by the visiting team. What makes the Buckeye Travel Hockey League unique and must-see in terms of youth hockey? Well, it's the only travel league in our area. It's kind of a situation that, you know, it's been around a long time. And also the Buckeye Travel Hockey League covers Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, so again, tri-state area and West Virginia too. Yeah. That's four states that are covered, and that's that's a lot of youth hockey where kids grow up and they play the sport they love. Right, and you know we play close to 500 games or 400 something games a year under the our banner. So um, 
It's a lot of work to, that goes into behind the scenes. Now, let's jump back into the year-end tournament. It starts the 23rd, and some games will start at noon that Friday, or this upcoming Friday, depending on when you're listening to it. When <coughs> can people expect a final schedule of who plays what time and where? The schedule just came out today. We've been working on it. What we do is we, we build a schedule, and then once the final games are played the Sunday before the tournament, then we'll place everybody in the in their spots. It's all ready to go. Post Everybody posted all their games, and we're, we're good to go. When fans figure out where they're going and if fans are coming here to South Metro Sportsplex, what are some of the arrangements they can make around here to stay and come back and watch hockey? So we'll have probably 250 rooms, hotel rooms booked this weekend. They'll be able to go there. They'll be able to go wherever they kind of want to around town. You know, most people will stay pretty close to the rink, the Hampton Inn at the mall or the hotels, two hotels over by Austin Landing, and then they'll be able to eat and do whatever over there too. And that's what makes South Metro so nice is because you're just a stone's throw away from the interstate, but now you have three areas where you can check out a hotel and it doesn't take you that long to get here. I mean, you got Springboro too on 73. You got those hotels, Austin Landing, like you mentioned, Dayton Mall area. That's not too far. And there's a lot of opportunities for fans to stay the night and come watch the games. Everybody will have to stay one night this year. So yeah, they'll all stay pretty close, close around here. We've got three pretty good hotels that take care of us and take care of our customers. So, and then this is our biggest, biggest weekend for the, for uh, South Metro. We also have a a volleyball tournament going on at the same time, so it's going to be pretty hectic here. It's going to be pretty packed and get here as early as you can is what you're saying. Yeah, if you want to find a parking spot, get here early because you'll be down the end of the street. I I remember coming Saturday to take off with the Elks for their playoff game. I remember it gets packed here when both sides of the gym are taken up or both sides of the arena are taken up. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the Buckeye Travel Hockey League. First up, how long have you been a part of the league? So I've been a part of the league for four years, directly part of four years, and then I just kind of helped out the first two years I was here. How long has South Metro Sports been able to host games for the Buckeye Year in Tournament? So we started hosting tournaments here in 2013, and we've done it every, every year since. So this is coming up on year number five on hosting yes. the Buckeye year-end tournament. How were you able to get part of the tournament here to SMS? I don't know, actually. They asked us if we had any ice, and I said, sure, and one thing led to another, and we're here. And with this being the only Dayton, Ohio rink hosting it, Kettering is not hosting it, nor is Springfield, mm-hmm. that's got to be huge for you to have this hockey right here yep. and beat your – I don't want to say opponents on the ice rink side, but you get to have youth hockey in the other two squads. Yeah. yeah. So we've reached out to the other places, and they, they're they always booked because when we're booked, their youth programs playing the house programs over at Kettering. You know, Troy's been part of it in the past, but this year they have a home show, so, you know, so it's not, it's not going to work over there. Hobart Arena has done a huge renovation, and they are really focusing on other events other than just hockey. So they got a home show. There's no ice up there. So ice is hard to come by. They'll have hockey for three or four more weeks or so, and 
they'll pull it out. I, I'm not sure when they've taken their ice out. So, But you mentioned the fact that around here there's just those rinks and it's hard to get ice time. I know the Red Hawks and Oxford, they got their own ice time as well. Hockey season hasn't ended for Miami U as no. of yet. I think they still have, what, a month or so? Yeah. How does the Buckeye Travel Hockey League pick the spots that they want? How do they get the sheets of ice? It's basically what ice is available. Who can host it and who can actually who can host it and run it because it's all volunteers. So with our building, I also can run the tournament too. That brings a lot to the table. You know, we, we look at all different rinks to try to, to do it, but it, there's a lot of other stuff that comes into play. you got to find somebody to help run it uh, at that location. That's what we do. And you mentioned for the home team, the volunteers will help run the scoreboard, and then the visiting team will help run the penalty boxes. That's, that's good people that get to yeah. help out. And then tomorrow night we'll have a score sheet deal. Some parents will help us fill out all the score sheets, and then we can ship them off to all the different locations. Tomorrow night and Thursday night will be score sheet night, and once we get all these games all figured out. So there's another group of volunteers. How much does it cost to get into the games? It's free. Absolutely free. Just walk in, say, I want to see hockey, and there you go. Yeah, in our building here at South Metro, we don't charge any entry fee for anything. Unless it's a high school game or a Dayton Christian event or a Spring River event, those are the only places that charge. And that's because uh, high school rules, right? That that's is correct. Now, when fans turn out here at South Metro Sportsplex, what are some of the expectations they can see in terms of who's playing, what teams they get to see, and the like? We'll publish a schedule here tomorrow of everybody that's playing we've got two local teams playing two bantam local teams playing here so that's going to make it a bit easy and then they're also my support help they'll be playing here throughout the weekend so that should be a good group to, to watch but more importantly we got a lot of teams coming from a lot of different locations if you had to give a pitch to hockey fans that are looking for something to see what would you say to them to Get them to come on out to the Buckeye year-end tournament. If you want to see the young kids playing, come out and see us on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we got a good concession stand, grill. We sh- we don't call it a concession stand. we got some good food here. And there'll be some good hockey. Naturally, there'll be some really good volleyball going on. And that's that's pretty big. You get to watch a, a wide variety of stuff here. In this podcast, we focus more on the hockey side of things, but Nick's absolutely right. There's now four courts. I thought it was three because the three basketball, three basketball, four volleyball. I thought that number went down by one because of the uh, PEC Uh, Performance Enhancement Center. But there is a gym back there, too, as we mentioned in episode 18, which got a lot of hits, by the way. I don't know if I told you how many it got. We're talking with Nick Poe here at South Metro Sportsplex about the upcoming tournament, the Buckeye Year-End Tournament. Again, if you can't make it, it's on YouTube, youtube.com slash South Metro Sports. You'll hear my voice throughout the weekend. So let's talk about the Cinemillings. Maybe Nick's. Maybe <laughs> Tyler Poe's as well. Yes. We will see. Hopefully wow. my voice holds up for the entire weekend, but youtube.com slash South Metro Sports. Yep. That's where we'll be at. Perfect. Let's talk about your other job. You're the assistant coach of Centerville Elks Hockey, and 
Centerville season has come to an end at 16-15 and 3 on the year with a very tough 3-0 loss to Upper Arlington, which was the number five team in the Columbus bracket. Joe Numbers, the starting goalie for the Elks, stood on his head. We registered him about 59-60 saves on the contest. Talk to me about the season, Nick. Well, we had a really good season. We had two new coaches that brought a lot to the table. Two Air Force guys, they played in the, at the academy. They're really good guys. They brought a lot to the table that, that Centerville hasn't had in a long time. We had a pretty good season. Wish it could have been a little longer, but all in all, it was, a very, I think, a very successful season. Next year, we're looking for some other big things and got some more players coming, which is this year we were short on players. We're addressing 12 guys. So by the time it's third period, it, it's really tough for us to keep rolling because it's, it's a lot of hockey. Fast pace. You know, this past game, this past weekend, did a bang-up job on Friday. Outstanding work there. Saturday, the guys played really out of their mind. They were hitting on all cylinders all the time. There was nobody that didn't play their heart out, unfortunately. You know, the first period was 0-0, second period 0-0. Uh, second period was 1-0 for Upper Arlington with 20 seconds to go. That goal was really nicely done by UA, too, because yeah. their passing was really nice. And just the tick and the tack from the left face-off circle towards the slot and the one-timer to finish the job, that was, well, that was a nice goal. They have a incredible, incredible coach. David Clarkson played 570 games in the show, and he's a really, really good coach. Brings a lot to the table. His wife brings a lot to the table with power skating and everything that it takes there. They're on the ice a lot. It's a pretty good program, really good program, and they're pretty strong. It'd be interesting to see what happens uh, this coming week with them. I think they play St. Charles. They're gonna bring, they're gonna bring it to those guys for sure. St. Charles is gonna have a run for their money. The coach knows how to coach, and he knows how to really get the guys motivated. It'll be a tough game. That was a full bench they had too. <laughs> that was. I think I counted 19 Golden Bears on that roster and just seeing that bench from end to end covered with white and gold, just well, that was they, impressive. They also got a JV team, full JV team, 25 guys on that team. So, you know, Columbus as a whole, really the high schools have really stepped it up. They got huge programs. Going to be tough to compete with those guys if, you know, if we don't have huge programs. And we're going to work hard here at uh, South Metro to – help build the programs to start our own youth program here which will play in the Buckeye and try to bring a different aspect to the game and a different way of selling the program so more people more kids can get involved that would not be getting involved try to explain that the cost is not what everybody seems to think it is so and you mentioned something I was going to bring up towards the end of the show but the Dayton Falcons uh, youth hockey program yep. tell me a little bit more about your plans for it so the Dayton Falcons youth hockey program was formed the Dayton Ice Hounds 2014 we started down that path and the whole thing when I started here in in 2012 was to have one organization and in 2011 I accomplished that before I even bought the building is to get everybody to merge but the biggest problem is the youth program a lot of issues unfortunately and last year we were going to go down this path and I thought that thought it was a little bit too early. I think it's time to just move on and not have the extra drama. 
that's related to what we currently have. So we're going to start this program, and we're going to build it. Lots of support doing it. Got a pretty good president, Mike Schemmel. He's going to uh, run it for us. And we're going to have a junior program that ties to it, too, uh, that's going to play in the USPHL. And we've got, we've got a coach for that, too. And looks like we got a pretty good start on players there, hopefully. I think if we go about it this way, I think we can grow the sport. Youth hockey and as a whole has been 400 kids for the last 10 or so years. And our focus has always been to grow it. And we do a really good job on our Learn to Skate program. I had 53 kids in that program this past session and hoping to get 60 or 70 kids in the next program that start on March the 7th. So signups are already going on. So anybody who wants to sign up for Learn to Skate, it's there online at uh, smetrosports.com. Let's talk a little bit more about Learn to Skate. Now, of course, the name says it all. You learn to skate. But what all do you learn when you learn to skate so you're going to learn your balance you're going to learn the fundamentals of of skating from a good group of coaches they they do a really good job and then you know it's a learn to skate is for you know it's not just for a hockey player it could be a four figure skater or just somebody that wants to learn how to skate you know most of the time we're going to trans hopefully transfer the figure skaters to the south dayton figure skating club and then the other kids will transfer over to the Falcons. We'll be able to keep them all in our program. Versus right now, we lose in the youth program, you lose about 25 or 30 kids every year to other organizations. So the goal is to keep them all here. Keep them all in Dayton, grow the sport here. Yep. I was going to mention while we were talking about high school hockey, but what's your thoughts about the hockey scene in you can keep it in Dayton, Ohio, or talk about Cincinnati and Dayton since the two are so, so intertwined. But so, what's your thoughts? So youth hockey here, it, the high school hockey is uh, fed from the youth program. And if we don't have a good pipeline for the high school teams, that means we don't have a good pipeline for uh, players for our own program. You look at You look at Columbus as an example, they've got a huge pipeline, and that's why those teams are getting so big. They have a huge pipeline of kids. They're able to create a captive audience to develop the kids and to get them all in the high school programs where we don't have that advantage. You know, years ago, there was 1,500 kids in the youth program. Right now, there's 400. That's and a drop off of 1,100. Yeah. That's Yeah, that was the high. The average should be around here, seven or 800 kids. We started down that path, but it fell off. So, What are some of the key components to get towards that goal? Well, one is to get the parents so they don't have to drive 45 minutes to practice. They don't want to go to rinks north of us. They want to stay around here. They want to be close. Yeah. You know, there's uh, a major, you know, more than half of the kids – that play in the um, the youth program today live within three miles of this building, maybe maybe five miles of this building, and they're having to drive forty five minutes to practice. They don't want to do that. They just don't want to do that. And that's that's a long drive. Yeah. Well, if you're driving there um, on a Tuesday night, or we'll give you a good example, they have to drive forty five minutes 
to get to a practice for 6 o'clock. And, and there's a, a great example of a family that lives a little bit south of our building in Springboro, on mm-hmm. the south side, side of Springboro. The parent works at the base. He has to leave work, drive home, pick his kid up, and get to Springfield by s- 6 o'clock. He stopped doing it halfway through the season. So the kid's only getting half a practice. That's not good. And the big thing about the Falcons, you said it's all here, so you know you're going here for practice. You're not going Right, so you're going to practice here, you're going to play home games here. Sure, there's going to be two teams on the ice every time. But if the coaches plan the practices out really well, they'll do the full ice stuff together as as one group, and then they'll split off and do their other stations or whatever else they're going to work on for the remainder of the practice. So... A travel team is going to practice here an hour and a half each day. They have full ice stuff for a half hour and then do all the short ice stuff for the remainder of the practice and then, then come back 10 or 15 minutes at the end of the practice and join together again and do all their skating stuff. They're going to be a lot better off than they're currently now. More guys to work with, more guys to run drills and or stations. So it should be, it's what everybody's asking for, so it should be a good, good way to do it. If people are listening to this podcast, want to join up with the Falcons, what's some of the ways they get in touch? Well, right now we've posted our tryouts, and that's all we've done so far because there's rules in place. There's rules in place to um, only do that right now. And then once we're able to post coaches, and oh, and then the coaches can apply for, for spots. But out, outside of that, that's all that we can do right now. The season has to end, and... Once the season's over, we can uh, start moving forward on uh, on all that stuff. The season technically ends on April 10th, but we can, once the season has been completed in travel, we can probably, middle of March, start figuring out who's coaching and we can make some announcements. But right now, you have to we have to be careful on how you, because we're going to follow the rules. So, yep. Uh, and people can check out the Facebook page, Dayton yep. Falcons, for all that yep. information. And there should be a website, HockeyDayton.com. That'll be a website they'll be able to go to. And it'll have the junior team. It'll have the youth program. It'll have clinics and all that stuff run by the youth program. So it'll all be there and everything will be run out of South Metro Sports. Talking with Nick Poe, we talked a little bit about the upcoming year-end tournament. Again, watch on YouTube's youtube.com slash south metro sports talked a little bit about centerville elks hockey finishing the year we'll go back to local high school hockey because there's a couple of teams in the sunday area still fighting we have springboro who beat elder in two overtimes on saturday they'll take on number one dublin jerome and the celtics handed the panthers a three to one loss here at sms i called that game and the panthers did hang tough but dublin jerome that team is just that's that's a lethal team yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good, but like I've always said, any team can be beat at any time. It, any team can be can be beat. If Springboro plays as well as they've been playing, they're going to give them a run for their money. So, Also, we have St. Xavier, who led Troy one to nothing at the end of the second of their game on Saturday and finished the game winning 8 nothing against the Trojans. They scored two power play goals, the Bombers did. I like that they're the Bombers. It reminds me of the Dayton Bombers. I like that name. But uh, St. X beat Troy 
8 nothing, scored two power play goals to start the third period and ran away with it. Since then, they'll have number two Olentangy Liberty, again another good team, the Patriots of Liberty, who also beat Springboro 3-1 to here at South Metro Sports. Yep. There's a lot of 3-1s. to And lastly, in the Sinday area, we got number four Moeller. They're the Crusaders. They're a good team. They beat Seneville 9-2 to and also beat Springboro both times. I believe 4-3 to in OT at Northland and one nothing here on Springboro Senior Day. That was a good game as well. The Crusaders have number six Olentangy. So what's your quick thoughts about high school hockey in the Sunday area. You mentioned that you need a good, sturdy pipeline of youth hockey to feed the high school programs. But overall, the 12 teams in the Sunday area that are high school-related, there's club teams here as well. But overall, your take on hockey in southwest Ohio. Well, you know, the Swashel grew a, a team this year. St. X is, I think, got a couple JV teams that are working out of Sports Plus, and then and then Moeller, I believe, has a JV team also. Elder has a JV team. The teams in Cincinnati are, are really picking it up. In Dayton, nobody has a JV team, and and, and we don't because the, the numbers aren't there. If we start building the programs, those numbers will come, so... I know Centerville last week had meet the team on Tuesday. How did that go? So we had six guys come out, and we know we're probably getting eight guys. We're going to lose three, and we're going to get we're going to gain eight. So uh, right now we're dressing twelve skaters. So we'll be dressing seventeen skaters next year, and two goalies. That's that's a good size roster. Yeah, that's that's a big plus. The following year after that, we're going to lose eight at the end of next season, but we're going to gain ten. And next year we could gain two more, but we'll see. There's a couple kids moving into town, one place outside of Dayton, but wants to play in Dayton. We'll see what happens. Sounds promising for Centerville. Yep. I know Springboro's got a bunch of kids coming. Coach Morris always does a nice job with the Panthers. Yes. I mean, just the size of the roster. Right. Outstanding. Right. Most of the Panthers get a chunk of time on the ice, and they contribute each and every game. Right. Beaver Creek's team, they got a fairly decent-sized roster, too. Right. And they've got, I think, a, a good group of kids coming. Alter, they got a decent roster, and they got some – they got some players coming, which is great because this year they had they had a small roster, but with what they had, they had some really good skill players. Right. And they're going to lose a couple too. Lose a couple kids, but they'll be fine. Now you mentioned about the Swashel, which is the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. You mentioned that they gained a team for this season. Is there any other high schools that are looking to get into the wonderful world of ice hockey? Do you know? No. I would think, you know, with Springfield having the chiller, you think Springfield no. would try to jump on that boat. No, they they would uh, they would go to Columbus anyways. Even with the chiller? Yes. So the chillers are run out of Columbus. So they would play in the Columbus League. That would be kind of tough on them just because, you know, okay. when you're first starting out, you don't know what you got. But uh. you have at least 14 teams in Columbus, and some of them are, you know, towards yeah. the top of the state. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know if they Springfield would have a team. So It's just something I always thought of. I mean, you got the chiller there, and 
I've always mentioned to people around Hobart, like, it's nice that Troy's the team there, but I think that uh, the schools around Troy would have it, but then I'm thinking, no, they won. They're in the cross-county conference. That's a small school league. Well, Hockey's yeah, and there's no, not enough ice up there anyway. So Yeah, it's it's wishful thinking on my part, I know. We talked about Learn to Skate. We talked a little bit about high school hockey. If you want to see the brackets for high school hockey, it's brackets.myohsaa.org, and you can find them from there. The quarterfinals are set. Sure to be a good time with three Sunday squads. Now to close out the episode, Nick, where can people follow South Metro Sports, the Buckeye Hockey Travel League, and yourself? So they can they can follow uh, South Metro Sports on our Facebook page and our website. Our website is smetrosports.com. Our Facebook is uh, South Metro Sports. Uh, you don't want to follow me. I'm just. <laughs> and then the Buckeye, you can go to uh, BuckeyeTravelHockey.com uh, and you can follow it that way. And again, for the Buckeye year-end tournaments, if you can't make it to South Metro Sportsplex, it's live on YouTube.com slash South Metro Sports. Lastly, last year there was a good uh, concession stand, or not a concession stand, a good uh, merchandise stand. Will there be a merchandise stand yes. here this year? Yes. Very cool. So we'll have uh, a bunch of stuff here and T-shirts and sweatshirts. And the most popular sweatshirt uh, hoodie is uh, with the laces, so we'll mm-hmm. have plenty of those. Nick, again, thank you for your time on episode 31. That will do it here on the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Don't forget to like the Facebook page for the podcast at the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Or if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's the Lee W. Mowen. And that will close out episode 31. And, Nick, thank you for your time again. Thanks, Lee, for having us. See you. Have a great day. This has been the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Thank you for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbait.fm, and listen notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at The Lee W. Mowen. Visit TheLeeWMowen.com and GemCitySports.com. Music provided by FreestockMusic.com. Music provided by FreestockMusic.com.